it's nice that we're able to play on TV and they're going to get to see what some of the best college players in the country can do. It's phenomenal. I think it's going to be great for college golf in general. There's never been anything like this for college golf. And I'm very thankful I'm in the very first class to get use of it. And I'm very excited about it. Folks, welcome back to the College Golf Showcase podcast. Very excited to have with us one of the best coaches in the country, J.C. Deacon, University of Florida. Coach, how you doing? Hey, Drew, how you doing? Thanks for having me. And I uh, just want to apologize. First off, I've lost my voice a little bit. I was down at the men's tennis NCAA championship. Our team happened to win it on Saturday and uh, I was down at Lake Nona hooting and hollering for our boys. So um, my voice is a little hoarse, but uh, I'll do my best. That is no problem. I I, uh, <laughs> I know that's the first national championship for the men's tennis team. Is, isn't that right? It is. First uh, national championship in program history. And uh, head coach Brian Shelton is the first coach in the history of tennis to win a national championship on the women's side and the men's side. Um, he's an unbelievable guy and an unbelievable leader. And it was amazing to be there to watch. That's just down the road from you. Orlando is home for me as well. Lake Nona is a great facility. It's awesome that the USTA has come in there and it's, you know, it's kind of a, a becoming a second home for some of your Gators. You've got a, a couple of players that are there. Were you able to stop in and, uh, you know, see some familiar faces in Orlando? Yeah, no, no time just down there for the tennis. But uh, I was actually up at Kiwa Island at the PGA Championship on Friday. And one of Orlando's finest, Sam Horsfield, was, of course, playing in the event and um, had a really great start to the tournament. He shot 69 on Thursday and then not so great on Friday. But uh, played the weekend and, you know, got four rounds in in a major, which is great experience. And he's uh, he's taken off. So one of one of Orlando's best and following in his footstep, born in England as well. Joe Pagden is playing in our number two spot right now and um, just got awarded SEC freshman of the year. So um, Orlando has been very, very good to the Florida Gators. And um, it's it's a great fit for us, obviously, being so close. We'll take your word for it that uh, you were not part of the screaming, yelling, raucous crowd at Kiowa and that you left, uh, lost the voice at the, <laughs> at the tennis courts in Orlando. But 100 percent. Ben, <laughs> ben Shelton, who played in our uh, number five spot for our tennis team, he can vouch for me. I, he, he knows I was I go. was yapping at him for the entire match. It's been a pretty good year for the Gators. Uh, maybe walk us through kind of a, a year to date coach. It's it's Monday evening of national championship week. Uh, I think you guys are probably hopping on a plane tomorrow, but for our listeners, you know, kind of give us a quick summary of in uh, coach's eyes, how the year has been so far. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think there's anything even quite like it. You know, we're sitting there in June, July, August, even wondering if there's going to be a season, if we're going to play golf, if we're going to compete and, you know, if we're going to get to do what we love. And uh, it was all in question. And the SEC is just proved itself to be the best conference in, in college sports and found a way to, to put together three incredible events for us this past fall. I think the coaches in our conference, as much as we competed against each other, we really came together and put three great tournaments together for our kids. And the blessings 
Vanderbilt hosted the second one and Jerry Pate in Alabama hosted the third. And they were as three uh, incredible college golf tournaments. And our guys got some great experience and uh, some great competition. But uh, the Florida Gators were not very good in the fall. That's for sure. I think we finished 10th in our first tournament maybe third or fourth in the second tournament. And I think maybe 10th or 11th in the third tournament. And uh, it couldn't have been a more disappointing fall. I think, you know, Ricky Castillo was coming off another great summer of golf. And we had Joe Pagden and Tyler Wilkes coming in and Giovanni Manzoni transferring and, you know, all these high hopes. And we just didn't play very good in the fall at all. So I think that ultimately was a blessing because uh, the work ethic that I saw over uh, kind of November, December, January was incredible. And I think a lot of it was driven by our poor performance early on in the year. So we were lucky enough to get a, a transfer from USC in January named Yushin Lin and obviously gave us a, a big upgrade in, in talent. He's a top 20 ranked Wagger player and, you know, instantly came in and, and made a big impact on our team. And we won... Our first two events in the spring, the Tim Aquana Cup and our Gator Invitational, we had a phenomenal battle with Georgia on the final round. Our guys really stepped it up and played a, played a great round. I think all four of our counting scores were in the 60s in the final round there. So it was really neat to win at home. And then we had a chance to win at LSU, our third tournament of the spring. And uh, I think we had the lead against Illinois and... I can't remember who else was in it, Illinois and someone else with three holes to go and really faltered. Um, and then unfortunately we had a tournament canceled with COVID after that. So like literally we got everything thrown at us. And then um, SECs was, was a bit of a disappointment, a, a big disappointment, to be honest, uh, missing the match play. I think, you know, we were we were hoping to contend for the victory in the stroke play part and and ended up not even finishing in the top eight to play match play. And and then we went out to regionals last week in Washington. We got sent by the NCAA committee across the across the country to play in weather that we're not very familiar with and some golf courses and elevation we're not familiar with. And um, our guys mental toughness and, and resilience was unbelievable. And uh, it was actually snowing and sleeting in round two. And we got everything thrown at us and the guys hung tough and played the best round we played all year in round three to, uh, to end up getting our spot by two over a really, really tough Denver team. So uh, we're coming into the national championship battle tested and been through a lot at regionals. And um, we're really, really thankful to be going to Scottsdale and to have the opportunity to compete for, uh, you know, what, what everyone's goal is when you start the year. Yeah, you get you got that fifth and final spot um, out in Washington, uh, you know, eighth place going into the final round. What was that dinner after the second round into the morning of the third round like? Is that a was it somber? Was it, were you trying to kind of get the guys fired up? Um, you know, how do you handle that kind of pressure pack situation of season being on the line for another year in the state of Washington? I'm not going to lie. Uh, the, the mood wasn't good after round two. Uh, we had a lot of disappointed players and disappointed coaches that, that we were even in that position. I think Jake Amos and the East Tennessee state team uh, shot 14 under, if I'm not wrong, that round, including a, course record 63 from Archie Davies and it was out there that day and and we shot six over I believe and uh it just wasn't good 
it was bad golf across the board from our guys and they knew it. I knew it. And there just, there wasn't much to say, you know, we're in eighth place in regionals and the season's hanging on the brink. I believe personally, you can't shy away from that stuff and you can try and sugarcoat it and paint it pretty if you want, but it's not the truth. And uh, the truth was our, our season was on the line. Our backs were up against the wall. We had to go play, play a good round. And, uh, I won't go into too much depth. I think our meeting that night was, was, was very private. There was a lot of things said, um, a lot of emotions, uh, put out there. I am so incredibly proud of the team that I saw on Wednesday. Um, they played for each other. Uh, they played for the Florida Gators. Um, there was no individual, uh, accomplishments involved at all. It was all for the team and all for the school. And, uh, what I saw out there was inspiring and what, what Ricky Castillo did on the last 11 holes going six under par is something I'm not ever going to forget in my entire life. He made, I'm not exaggerating this. He made a 20 footer for par, uh, with a huge fist pump on 17 that gave me the goosebumps and he made an 80 footer for birdie on 18 to clinch it. And, um, when I say 80 feet, it was all of 80 feet. And I got a lot of witnesses to, to vouch for that story. And, uh, his putter went up and he gave it this massive fist pump when that ball went in. And those are the really, really special moments in college golf when, you know, you get to share that with a team and share that with a bunch of guys that you've spent every day with every morning, getting up and working and grinding. Um, it's just so special. And those moments are so few and far between. And I think our guys really had the, had the chance to enjoy it and, and soak in how special it was. And, um, you know, now we're, we're hungry that we got the opportunity, but, uh, we all, we came back here realizing we got to be a lot better than we were. We just, just didn't play very well, but, uh, we're able to be really clutch when, when the pressure was on and, and get the job done. This year at regionals was so interesting. I mean, you had Oklahoma, arguably the number one team in the country. They had to really step up the final day. Sam Houston state, bit more of a mid-major has their star player go out with COVID tracing. They can only play for the last un, day. Un, unbelievable, unbelievable story, yeah, by the way. We just had Will on, um, had a great interview with him to talk through, you know, giving his team a, a uh, motivational speech from inside his hotel room, looking at them down in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> and then you have some big time programs, you know, like um, an LSU and an Alabama, Arizona missing out. How do you guys regroup now that you're back in Florida? That's such an emotional week at regionals just to get through. How do you make sure that's not the peak of the momentum for the Gators? I think it's probably different for us because we just, we played so poorly last week. It just, it was bad golf for 45 holes. And, you know, there's probably some bright spots here and there. But I think if you ask anyone on our team, they were really unhappy with their performance um, through 45 holes. And then all of a sudden, you know, Washington had a little bit of a struggle at the start of the third round and gave us a little bit of hope. You know, unfortunately for them, Alan, Alan Murray is just he's one of my best buddies in coaching and um, such an absolute class act. And I, I feel awful for him. 
you know, and I know they'll, they'll learn and get better from this. He's, he runs such a great program, but you know, they had a, had a real struggle in the first seven or eight holes and, you know, for sure our guys took notice of that. And all of a sudden you got a little hope and, you know, we ran with it, but it just wasn't good golf and we didn't play well. And I think that that kind of helps us going into this week because, um, it, it wasn't a very celebratory attitude after it was all business and, um, guys understanding that they had to go home and get better and figure some things out. And just, that's what I love about this team is it's just, we get home and, and I mean, they're just grinding and working and, you know, driving Joe Pagden drove down to Jupiter this morning, spent a few hours with Claude Harmon, his, his swing coach. And, um, you know, he's doing that stuff in his own and it's, it's amazing. This is the best part of college coaching is when you see these guys just put it into turbo mode and, you know, just work so hard for, for the betterment of themselves and the betterment of the group. And, um, it's just a, a really, really fun team to be a part of. And one that I'm, I'm so excited to take out and have a real good trip with to Scottsdale. You know, it's gotta be a high note for you in terms of coaching, you know, the, just to recap for our listeners, the 2018, 19 season ended in the state of Washington at regionals last year, you guys were, getting some momentum in the spring. If I remember correctly, you had a huge win at your own tournament there in Gainesville. COVID hits and ends your season early again. What is a day like the final round at regionals do for you as a coach in terms of, does it add to your tool belt at all to try to take this team deep into match play? You know, you, you get there pretty much every year outside of 19. You get the Gators to the national championship just about just about every year, coach, which is a credit to the job you're doing. Um, but how does a day like that or a week like that at regionals even help you grow as a coach? I don't remember the last time, probably the birth of my second daughter, Sydney was the last time she's three now. So that's probably the last time I've been that nervous. I was trying not to look at the scores. I was trying to focus on the moment and, and just try and help who I could. But I refreshed the scores when Joe Pagden was on 16 green and Denver was beating us by three <laughs> and there were just weren't that many holes left. And it was the first time I, I just had thought all day, especially when Tyler Wilkes, our freshman was five under through eight. I'm like, you know what? We're going to get it done. We're going to, we're going to find a way somehow, some way, to get this thing done. And when I hit refresh there and saw we were down three and Joe was on 16, I'm like, Oh my God, like this, this might not happen. And, uh, I remember walking up on that green and said, Pags, how we doing? And he goes, I got you coach. And he had like a eight footer for birdie and he rolled it right in the middle. And just like little things like that. I remember so vividly, um, really gave me a sense of confidence and he was so excited and, and wasn't nervous at all. So it kind of, kind of calms you as a coach when your players, you know, in a better mental spot than you are, it's a little embarrassing for me, but he was, he was just amazing and, and so excited to be competing for the team. And, you know, we just, we rallied with that and, and, and the guys had to finish, you know, it was just our, our season literally was on the line and um, it just kept getting better and better and guys hit some really clutch shots and, it's just regionals is, is you can ask any college golf coach. It's an amazing tournament. It's, it can bring out some emotions in you that you didn't know you had. 
And it's a lot of fun when it's over and you've qualified, but it's by far the, the most dry. It's way more stressful than nationals. And, um, it's just, it can be an awful week of sorts when things aren't going your way and they really weren't going our way for a long time. So I, I love regionals and, uh, I, I appreciate the process, but you know, when you, when you get sent across the country and so many of those variables are out of your control and your guys are just in such a new circumstance to try and figure out it's, it's certainly nerve wracking. And I'm glad we went through it because I'll tell you what, the 24 hours following that, that 80 foot bomb that Ricky made our team probably bonded as much as we have in the last year combined. And, uh, that's pretty special to have that. And I, uh, I can't wait to go fight with these guys next week. I love that you brought up the team bonding. Cause I, I wanted to ask you about that in, in a couple of different perspectives. When you talk about the struggles in the fall, did that have to do with you know, that team bonding, did it have more to do with there wasn't anything to play all summer and there was more just, just frankly, tournament rust? You know, how do you look at that as kind of the team coming together each season when you've got a, you've got a new squad each fall to a certain extent with, you know, probably either people coming in or people leaving? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a fair question to say team chemistry because it's, it's a thing in college golf. I, I remember hearing uh, Conrad Ray speak a few years ago and I'll never forget him saying that momentum is a real thing in college golf. And, you know, everyone's like, well, that it's not really a team sport because every guy's out there playing their own ball and, you know, they don't know what's going on. I can't tell you how many times our teams either made a bunch of bogeys together as a group or a bunch of birdies together as a group. And momentum is real. And, and Conrad Ray was bang on when he said that. And it's a thing. And we just had bad momentum in the fall. And Ricky came back. Um, he played really well at the Western Amateur. I think he lost lost in the semifinals uh, to Rasmus Neergard Peterson from Oklahoma State. He, he lost in a the playoff there and was really disappointed and then didn't get to play in the US, USAM. He had a little COVID scare there. And then he just came back and he wasn't playing very well. So when Ricky's not playing well, you know, there's a little bit of doubt in the other guy's minds because this, this dude sees our leader and everyone looks up to him for, you know, his emotion and his guidance and his confidence. And he wasn't playing great. And so that kind of rubbed off on everyone else. And, you know, all of a sudden we're a team that we think in our own minds, we're the best team in the country. And we go in, I think we finished 10th. It was ridiculous. We were terrible. And, you know, it's like, oh, geez, you know, maybe we, we aren't as good as we thought we were. And it didn't get, didn't get much better that fall. And, you know, I think, I think team chemistry is absolutely a part of it because, um, you get Yushin Lin transfers into us this spring. And, you know, Yushin is one of the most calm, confident human beings I've ever met. And he brought that immediately to the team. He, you know, he looked around the room and he's like, you know, are you guys kidding me? Like, obviously we're going to go and win. You know, that's, that's what this team's built to do. Like nothing else is going to happen. And, you know, he's saying that multiple weeks before we go and play our first tournament. And then sure enough, we go and win. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go home to the Gator and win our second term. And of course, what, what's wrong with you guys? And we go home and we find a way to beat Georgia in that final round. It was unbelievable. And, you know, it just like that wave of confidence was unbelievable. And I can't think of 
the team chemistry being higher. And then, you know, we had some struggles and, and, you know, we got a really young team. We got, we only have one junior um, in Giovanni Manzoni. He's our only kind of elder statesman. And um, Ricky's a sophomore trying to be the leader of our team, which is really difficult. Um, Yushin Lin's a sophomore. He's never played in an NCAA regional or national finals because of COVID. Uh, he didn't get the chance to do that. And then you got Tyler Wilkes and Joe Pagden who are 18 years old and they're doing this for the first time. So there's a lot of new experiences here and it has taken us a long time to really bond and come together and, and understand that we're playing for more than just ourselves. And I think junior golf, you get in the habit of, you know, it's just me, 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 me. And you got your parents just thinking about you and your score and you get to college and all of a sudden there's a bunch of other guys that are counting on you. And it's a, a different pressure. And I think it's one that our guys really took a huge step embracing that final round of regionals. And boy, was it fun watching these guys play for each other. They're, you know, all day, it's just a bunch of guys asking, hey, how we doing? How the guys doing? How they're holding up? How's this guy doing on this shot that was giving him trouble earlier in the round? And that's, it's so amazing as a coach to see that as like all the individual accomplishments go out the, out the window. And they're all pulling for the same thing and the same team and the same school and the same logo. And, uh, it's really powerful. And, uh, I, I just, I do, I feel like our team chemistry is, is rock solid right now. Um, it's better than it's ever been. And I, I really hope it carries over to Greyhawk for our guys next week. Well, you took over the program for um, a bit of a legend in the college coaching ranks in, in Buddy Alexander, a, a U.S. amateur champ himself. But you didn't really waste any time getting started. If if you'd allow me to go down this path, I would. I think it's safe to say that you've been a bit of a monster on the recruiting trail. I mean, that is a complete compliment. <laughs> you you've <laughs> got to be, if not the best, one of the best recruiters of talent in the country. Um, and and you recruit obviously all over the world. How difficult has it been? I mean, you're bringing in the individual you're bringing in kids that have been playing for themselves are some of the best in the world to now starting to see that cohesive unit forming with these, with these young guys. How do you, how do you try to balance that as just, you know, bringing in so many good players? I mean, you, you have a handful of players that could be number one at almost any program in the country. That's a, a phenomenal question and and something we, uh, strive to get better at every day. And it, it's really, really difficult. And especially in golf, where, you know, in junior golf and amateur golf, you're, you're praised on your, your own accomplishments. And it, it's, it's not about the group. And that's fine. And that's how these kids grow up. And, you know, I think that's how a lot of people look at it from the outside. I know some people feel differently. But I personally believe you're going to be the best team you can possibly be. And the individuals are going to be the best they can be when they're together as a group. And whether it's, you know, at dinner or wearing the uniform with pride or showing up early for your teammates, whatever it happens to be, the little details, I just, I just think they mean everything. And I just think it's also a really important skill for these guys to learn at this age that it's not just about them. And it's really important to think about other people and care about other people and play for other people because these guys are going to be dads one day 
They're going to be husbands one day. And um, that's important to to make sure that you're thinking about other people and, and trying to make other people's lives better and not just your own. And uh, it's it's tough to teach. I'm not going to lie. And I think there's there's a lot of really great coaches out there that, that probably are doing a better job than me at it. But uh, I, I'm a hockey guy. I grew up with a team mindset. I've always been a team guy. And I think that's why I, that when coach Knight hired me to be his assistant at UNLV, um, I fell in love with the job in a week because it's like, Oh my God, this is, this is what I was made to do. You know, I golf is my love and my true passion for sports. And I get to be on a team doing it. It, it. it was like, it mixed the best of both worlds. And, you know, I have coach Knight to thank for, for all of this, but, uh, it, it is, it's, it's a team and, um, it, it is a group effort. And as my guys got to see at regionals last week in Washington, when you achieve something as a group together, and you couldn't just do it on your own. You needed everyone else in the room to to get their job done as well. And you do go and get the job done. There is no celebration like that. And um, I think Ricky got to experience that a couple of weeks earlier at the Walker Cup, you know, um, where he, re- you know, he went 4-0 and and was kind of an unsung hero for the team. It was just so special for him to be able to share that with 11 other guys. And uh, he's really starting to understand that this team thing's pretty cool. And uh, he put us on his his shoulders last week when he went six under in the last 11. And I'll tell you what, he enjoyed every second of it. And it was, I was fighting back tears on, on the 18th hole when he made that putt, because just to see the emotion and what it meant to him for him to carry the team and, and carry us into nationals was, uh, it was really, really special. Probably wouldn't be a fair fight in Phoenix this week if you didn't lose a couple players to a turning professional, you know, prior to their fourth year yeah. and and graduating. How do you balance that? You know, kind of a secondary question to such incredible recruiting. How do you balance having these kids that? I mean, you are having. You just mentioned you've got one junior. <laughs> You're a team of freshmen and sophomores, basically. Um, yeah. How do you balance that? Uh, yeah, that's a very delicate situation as a coach of any sport when that student athlete comes to you and says, hey, coach, I've loved it, but I think I think my game's ready for the next level. And, and also not just that conversation, but then balancing the program as well. That That's tough. Yeah. You know, to be honest, and he knows that I'm not, I'm not saying anything he doesn't know, but, uh, you know, John Axelson turned pro, I think in, he made the decision in March or April and, uh, broke my heart. It, it really did. And, um, I'm, I'm happy for him, uh, of course, because he's, he's living out his dream. He's actually playing in the, uh, made in Denmark, uh, European tour event this week. So we'll be having those, uh, European tour scores on heavy refresh. Uh, Johnny A is, is our guy. He's an unbelievable Florida Gator. He came in as, uh, you know, I don't want to say selfish, but a very individual, you know, worry about myself guy. And when he left the University of Florida, it was unbelievable. It was all about the team and some of the friendships, uh, you know, him and Ricky got really close in their one year together. Um, but some of the friendships and, and, and life experiences that he had at Florida, they're, they're incredible. 
and, and I'm so proud of John and uh, he wrote me a letter that I'm going to have it the rest of my life. And, and I'm going to make sure I read it every once in a while because it was, it's why you coach the relationship that I have with him. Uh, we're in constant contact and is, is Johnny A. You know, I'll know him as that forever. And he was such a special Florida Gator, but you know, he should be in our lineup right now. And, uh, he's a professional golfer. This guy's the best driver of the golf ball I've ever seen. Um, he's a consummate professional in what he does. His preparation's unbelievable. He's, you know, he just constantly grinds on his game and wants to get better. And, um, you know, that was, that was a really, really tough loss, especially as you kind of mentioned earlier, we were kind of getting hot at the end of the year there. We, I think we, I think we finished third in Vegas was our last tournament and Vegas every year is a loaded field. And John and Ricky were both in the top 10 and, you know, they were both first team all Americans last year, just rolling. And uh, that got shut off. And then, you know, John turns pro and, um, you know, it's not just the golf scores, but it's, it's him. I, I really miss him and what he brought out in all of us. He, John probably challenged me as a coach more than any player I ever had. He asked why all the time. Um, and I had to be prepared. You know, if I went, if I went to John Axelson with, you know, a suggestion or a comment, I always knew he was going to ask me why, and I better be, better be ready for that. So it helped me prepare and, and be a better coach. And, and man, I love him so much for it. And, uh, I won't ever forget what he gave to this program. Um, but, but it's, you know, it's a great question. And, you know, Sam Horsfield, who uh, is has won twice on the European Tour now. He he left after two years, and Andy Zhang, who was an SEC champion, he he left after two. You know, so it does it it leaves some some big holes in your lineup, and it's tough. And uh, Tom McKibben, who uh, was a was a signee of ours in a 2021 supposed to come in next year, he just turned pro and before he even showed up. So it's. Uh, it's really, really difficult part of the job. And, you know, I think you look at some of the other programs around me, at, you know, Scott Limbaugh at Vanderbilt, he's, I think he's one of the best in the game. I don't, I don't think there's anything denying that he's a wonderful human being and a great coach. And he gets guys that come for four years and, you know, what's, what's the value in that? There's got, you know, Scott, Scott finds a way to be right at the top of the SEC and um, makes match play all the time. And I think there's, there's a value in that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to weigh that. Do you want to get the, the best players and, and the guys who are maybe dominating junior golf um, who have a chance of turning pro, or do you want to get some guys you know, who are really invested in their education and are probably going to graduate. So it's uh, it's a great question and, and, you know, one that'll probably never be fully answered, but uh, we're, you know, we're always trying to, trying to get better and, and figure out, figure out the best way to do it. Um, you know, the turning professional part is, is certainly a tough one when it comes to our job. Does PGA tour you help kids to stay? You brought up Vanderbilt. I was, I was frankly surprised that John Augustine, turned pro when he did. I think he was fourth in the PGA Tour U rankings. He's had um, he's had a bit of a tough start, unfortunately, to his pro career. Um, I think he's about maxed out on his exemptions on the PGA Tour without asking for kind of the conversations that you're having with a, a Ricky, for example. You know, is that enough for, for guys to stay through their junior, senior year um, in terms of the opportunity it outlies for them? 
Oh, I, I think a uh, huge credit goes to Brandon Van Dorn and, and his whole uh, team at, at the PGA tour for coming up with this idea and, and executing and follow following through on it. It's, it's amazing. Um, I mean, you know, we we had the pleasure of playing with Florida State in the final round of the Calusa Cup uh, about a month ago down in Naples, and uh, I I was walking with a player who played with John Pock in the final round, and um, you know, just to hear John's excitement about being number one on that list and how that was kind of forming his schedule and his plans in the next year, it was amazing and uh, really really cool to hear, and um, I think that excitement's going to be shared with a lot of players going forward. And hopefully it might slow the turning professional process down because, uh, you know, it is, it is special. You know, these guys, they only have four years to do this and, you know, it's, I know they don't see it, but, but I lived it. I played professional golf. I, you know, I fought for my own paychecks for four years and it's a tough world out there. And I think, Unfortunately, all these guys see a lot of the time is is Rory McIlroy on on Instagram or or Jason Day, you know, doing his thing, you know, Dustin Johnson, the life that he lives. Well, it doesn't always work out like that. And and those are the outliers. And sure, you're going to have a few guys that reach that level. And, and I hope lots of my guys do. But unfortunately, when you get into college coaching, you you become a realist and you understand that not everyone's going to reach that level. You just wish they could have come back and experienced those four years and, and just really slowed the process down and, and enjoyed all of it. So it's, uh, it's a tough conversation, but PGA Tour University is a, a really, really special thing for our sport. And I think it's going to do wonders for these kids going forward. It's going to make them really think about the process and, and what they're doing and what they have to do and, and the decisions they have to make. And, you know, I think it's going to make the parents think too. So I'm excited about it. I think, you know, we're just in the early stages of it, but uh, it's, it's amazing what the PGA Tour has done. Um, no surprise, Jay Monahan, commissioner of the PGA Tour, is one of the greatest men I've ever met. He's just a phenomenal human being. And him uh, dipping down to the college ranks and, and trying to make these guys' lives better and um, give them more opportunities, no surprise. And um, so we'll, we'll see. You, you know, all it takes is one guy like John Pack or something like that to, to run through that go straight to the PGA tour through getting that corn uh, ferry status. And then everyone's going to want to do it. So um, we'll see what happens. Just two more questions for you, coach. And I'll, I'll let you go as you're preparing for a national championship here. Um, what makes Gainesville special as a, as a golf program? You know, when you're looking at these recruits or, or once the kids get in there, I've, I've spent some time. It's a fun town. It's a great sports university. It's a great university in general, but what makes it special for, for you as you're growing this program? Oh, it's a uh, really good question. I think, you know, you see it a lot. I, I, I do. I think it's the everything school. Um, we, we really have it all. And uh, it's a, a top 10 public university academically right now. Um, obviously, we have the weather um, that we get to enjoy where we can really practice and, and grind all year round and, and never really have any... Um, you know, blitz in our, our practice schedule. Um, and I just, you know, we have obviously a, a wealth of talent in the state that, that surrounds us. 
Um, but it, you know, more, more importantly than all of those things, I think is, is just the people and, uh, Scott Strickland, our athletic director and Jeremy Foley, who came before him, um, you know, they, they're just only bringing in the, the best people here and, and the resources that our guys get to work with every day, whether it's our academic advisor, Garen, um, our strength coach, Patrick Lewis, um, there, you know, I could go on and on and on about the people we have here, but it, it's, it's really, really special. Um, the experience they get to have and being a part of the Gator Nation and going to the football games and the basketball games and uh, wearing that logo is, you know, I don't, I hadn't been, I've only been to two places, UNLV and here, but this is just, it, it, it's so, so special to be a part of it. And I'm certainly honored and I'm really, really excited about uh, the future of our program and, and uh, the young men that are coming here to, uh, to continue to build on that that great tradition that buddy Alexander and the coaches before me have built. Last question for you is as guys like you and I are getting older, these kids are, are born at, uh, in years that I think make us both scratch our heads and (laughs) pretty soon you'll be, uh, you'll be talking about back in my day with, with your game, you were quite an accomplished player. You still are an accomplished player. You made it to the semifinals of the 2005 U.S. Amateur, you just recently qualified for a PGA Tour Canadian Open. Last time I think it was held, I think you've won two Florida Opens. How important is that to the team, to you? You know, um, kind of remind me of maybe like a Ryan Hibble that I probably on any day you guys can beat, you know, some kids <laughs> on your team. <laughs> How's the game now? And, and you know, how important is for you to that, maintain that? Yeah, Hib Hib at Oklahoma. He's a great player. Um, always has been, and um, he's he's doing a heck of a job with that program. They're uh, they're really good every year, and if you can beat them, you know you know you're doing something good. But uh, I I just really enjoy it. Um, I I really do. Some of my best memories as a coach um, are, are playing with my guys, and I still coach Kurt Kitayama. Um, I, I'm his, his swing coach and, and golf coach. He's playing on the European tour. He's, he's won twice. And he was, uh, the first freshman I ever had him and Carl Johnson started at UNLV my first year as an assistant coach there. And, um, you know, and I just, I played with them a ton. It was two, three times a week minimum. And it slowed down a little bit here at Florida. Just there's a little more, um, things I guess you have to do as a head coach that, uh, have changed that. But I, I truly, there's nothing more in my job that I love than going and teeing it up with my guys and, um, talking a little trash and, and trying to get it in their head and, and find a way to beat them. And, um, Tyler Wilkes, one of our freshmen from Tampa, um, you know, he committed really early to the, to the Florida Gators and the trash talk between us started when he was like 15 years old. It's hilarious, but, uh, he's come up here and I mean, we battle, uh, at least once a month. And I mean, it is a battle and I will, my wife's like, what's wrong with you? Like you're going to bed at eight 30 and you're like eating a healthy meal and, drinking extra water so you can go and beat Tyler. And that, you know, it's, it's, it's serious. Like I, I'm, I'm preparing for it. Like I would prepare for any tournament. I want to go out there and beat him as badly as I possibly can. And, um, it's just, you know, you spend four hours in a cart with someone or four hours walking the course and, and talking smack, you, you really develop those relationships. So I'm, I'm proud of myself. 
um, in a weird way for keeping my game up and, and having pride in it and, and, and working hard when I get my moments, there's, there's not as much time anymore. I've got, I got two beautiful daughters at home and I got a third one, third, uh, young one coming in on July 27th is our due date. So my poor wife is, um, a mom of two and carrying another one. So she's, she's the real hero in our family, but, uh, um, you know, so I don't get as much time to practice and, and play, but, uh, when I do, I, I love it so much. And, um, you know, just, it's, it's special to be out there with the guys and, and every once in a while when I can, uh, when I can nip them and beat them, trust me, I hold on to it. I tell them all, if I beat you today, I'm going to retire. I may never play again. I'm going to hang my clubs up. So make sure this isn't my final win ever today. So, um, it's, it's a blast and, uh, hopefully I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep, keep my old body in shape and keep playing until, uh, I got to retire from doing this. Well, coach, congrats on the growing family. Best of luck growing <laughs> the hardware collection for the university of Florida Gators, uh, later this week and into next week at Greyhawk. And, uh, we'll see you guys out in Scottsdale. Thanks, Drew. You were you were very prepared tonight, and uh, I appreciate the questions. And it's uh, it's a blast answering that stuff sometimes. So thank you, thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely. Best of luck next week. Okay. Cheers. Thanks.